Welcome back. I want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor of today's episode of North American Deer Talk, CNE Wildlife Products. CNE Wildlife is a trusted leader in biotechnology for the cervid industry. They offer microencapsulated bacteria products that are research supported through Texas Tech University. With more than 30 years of experience and commitment to all natural probiotics, this product line continues to be a mainstay in herd management programs across North America. And the reason is simple. They are passionate about the cervid industry. They have products for elk, whitetail, muleys, red deer, and more. With products ranging from Fawn Paste and Electromax to Guardian Plus, Whitetail Energy Pack, Jumpstart, or their ever-popular Top Score Extreme, they just flat out work. We've been a CNE Wildlife product user for more than 15 years. To learn more about CNE Wildlife, check out episode 54 of North American Deer Talk, a probiotics masterclass with CNE owner Sadie Horrocks, and give her a call today to start using the products we do here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of North American Deer Talk. I am the Deer Wizard. This is episode 65. Thank you all for joining me today. We are going to talk Pennsylvania deer farmers. So before everyone outside of the state of Pennsylvania throws their hands up in the air, yanks their earbuds out, shuts their radio off, turns off the YouTube video to somewhere else, stick with me. I think you'll enjoy this conversation. Um, I do want to uh, give you all an update on some of the things that we have going on here uh, in our state of Pennsylvania, as I, I'm sure that uh, holds true and in many other states as we face the same problems and challenges. So um, first, I just want to take care of some housekeeping. Uh, you guys know the deal. Um, try to support our sponsors. Um, you know, they, they've, they've ponied up, uh, so to speak. Um, you know, check out CNE there. You heard you heard my little spiel from them. They they've signed on to do a another year sponsorship with us. Uh, we appreciate it. We use those products. We've been using them for years and years and years and years. Fifteen, more than fifteen. Um, if they weren't good, we wouldn't use them. So um, I, I I can't endorse them any more than I I do. We we use them on their on our. Uh, on our farm and they just, they work great. So check those out. Um, you know, I, I, I gotta keep asking, um, if you're, if you're watching this, man, hit that and you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, please. Um, you know, hit the little bell that'll update you when we post new, new stuff. I've been trying to do these once a week. I had a little gap there. Um, I have some shows queued up. I'm going to be releasing those. I'm just doing stuff when I have some free time and, you know, a topic that, that I want to chat with you about interviews are hard to line up. Everybody's busy right now. Um, getting fawns weaned, getting bucks moved. Uh, it's just, it's that time. So hopefully, um, I can keep up with the, the, you know, once a week pace or, you know, once every six, seven, eight days, I really don't want to just do, you know, one a month for you. I want to, I want to keep this, content rolling so um let's help get some of these shows out in the in the stratosphere uh if you are listening on the podcast awesome you can find us at spotify amazon music google 
um, you know, Apple podcast, all those places. If you want to leave, leave us a review, that is super helpful. No one star reviews. Don't, uh, <laughs> even if you have great distaste for the show, uh, give me, give me good reviews. Uh, we try to, we try to bring on a, a bunch of good guests. Anyway, um, if you, those are all the things that you can do that don't cost you a dollar. They cost you a little bit of time. If you want to help support the show monetarily, you can do that at servantsolutions.com. Just hit that membership button. Uh, that sends a little bit of cash our way. Uh, that helps keep the lights on at Servant Solutions, which is the you know kind of overarching uh, brand for North American Deer Talk. And there's a bunch of stuff that you get there. Many people use that for our health management program. Um, you know, we we continue to put out content there. Anyway, not what we're going to talk about today. Let's talk some state and national association. So I'm just going to work through a whole bunch of topics. Um, that are kind of related to that stuff. And um, I think it'll be an interesting conversation. So my title for today's show, at least as of this recording, that may change when I go to type it up, but um, PA deer farmers lead the way. Now, I think over the course of time, you know, many of us that have been here for a little bit have seen um, you know, various interactions with, with government, um, and, and, and it's a challenge, right? So if you don't know, I have been on the PDFA board, uh, since 2009. So we're coming, what is that? Thir 13 years. Um, I've, I've done all the, uh, executive board positions. I'm currently the president of the association and, um, it's a it's a 100% volunteer job. It always has been. So I don't get paid to do this stuff. The other members don't get paid. Uh, we have one paid position that is um, as part of our our direct board, and it's a and it's an office administrator that helps um, you know do the day to day tasks, handle member requests, that kind of stuff. That's the only paid position we have. Um, so all this is is volunteer work. And to the best of my knowledge, the overwhelming majority of the associations around the country are volunteer positions. Now, we do have some uh, office staff throughout the country. And I'm, I'm again, I'm generalizing. There are some office staff around the country similar to what we have here in Pennsylvania that handle those day-to-day -day kind of things. Uh, that are paid positions. There's also some executive directors, uh, depending on uh, the association, state slash national, that are paid positions as well. Uh, but generally speaking, everybody's a volunteer. So with that said, if, um, if you're going to uh, come at those folks and bitch about what they're doing, please come with some work ethic and uh, help them out, okay? It's fine to criticize, uh, criticize people, um, but be part of the solution. So everybody has a different idea of what these uh, state and national associations can do. Come on, join us. I, uh, I got lots of work for you if you're, if you're in PA and you, know, you don't like how things are going, man, get involved. 
Um, it's, it's a, it's a tough road to hoe. So always looking for help. Now, I think, you know, I was, I was trying to, I was trying to think to myself what, um, you know, there's, there's so much that we can talk about and I'm going to try to keep this more, um, Pennsylvania focused just because I, I understand the regulatory and political environment, uh, the most here. And I'll, I'll, I'll speak more specifically on our state, uh, how we run our, our board and the association and kind of those moving parts to the best I can. Um, we will touch on a, a few things and kind of get in depth on uh, a couple recent events that I think are, are worthwhile uh, to talk about and discuss with all of you. So um, I think the, the main, the main question, and I had, I had uh, spoke about this at our, recent fall event a few weeks ago. And, and I get this question, you know, like, what does PDFA do? What does the Pennsylvania Deer Farmers Association do? And, and again, I, I, I think you can just replace PDFA with, you know, uh, Whitetails of Wisconsin, um, uh, Kayla, Indiana Deer Farmers, TDA, you can go through the list, right? And all these kind of topics are going to be you know, relative to them as well. So I get the question, you know, like, why should I be a member or, you know, what do you guys do? So there's, I give you two kind of prime examples of what I think is value in and of itself. Um, and they're kind of two recent things. So uh, we'll start with the first one. And that is um, seeking funding. And, and again, we've talked about this at length. The big topics of the day are um, this regulatory environment re regarding chronic wasting disease, right? So like CWD is always the three-letter word that's burned on the mind of uh, those in government, deer farmers, regulators, everything. And, and I'm not here to debate uh, the merits of the disease itself. Uh, maybe we'll talk some regulations, but like you, you get my point, like that's a different topic. Um, so we know that the regulatory environment is, is, um, is present and that we need to look at this disease in a way, um, that lessens the impact of that regulatory environment. So how do we do that? Well, um, there's a bunch of different different ways, but I think one of the the things that I'd like to highlight here that um, like PDFA has been involved in is um, our interactions with um, USDA and our Department of Agriculture. So here in the state of Pennsylvania, uh, deer farming, cervid farming is regulated under the Department of Agriculture since to, uh, 2005 or 2006. Um, so the animals here are considered livestock. And um, that puts our regulatory uh, purview directly under, you know, USDA and our, our Department of Ag. So um, as CWD has kind of more interjected itself into the public sphere 
and the limelight or whatever term you'd like to use, um, that uh, typically has a, a funding mechanism through USDA that allows some dollars to be put towards different, um, you know, research projects and initiatives, whether that be on the communication side, management, testing, those kinds of things. So a few years ago, there was a stakeholder uh, group that was put together. So what, what, what does that look like? Well, you have, you have, um, you know, like the national level and state level uh, surveyed uh, associations that are represented. So like I, I was invited to participate and be a part of this group. There's whatever, three or 400 people around the country. So you have uh, wildlife agencies or conservation agencies. So they're um, wildlife biologists and perhaps uh, if they have some wildlife veterinarians uh, on staff, they would be a part of this, right? Um, you would have your um, tribal councils, uh, from the Indian reservations, you would have, um, obviously folks at, at USDA, cause there's all sorts of different segments there. You'd have people from, um, perhaps, uh, you know, government in, and DC on a federal level department of interior, those, those kinds of things. Right. So, um, there's, there's these dollars, right. And they're, they're put out through uh, grants. So we work with our Department of Agriculture and they have obviously suggestions that they think would be beneficial to um, you know, people, groups in our state, i.e. deer farmers, elk farmers, whatever, um, to create certain programs that uh, can get funded by USDA uh, through these grants, and that will potentially help with, in this case, chronic wasting disease. So we have we have a, a grant uh, project currently going on where our state received uh, around two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and that goes towards uh, sampling for um, GBV, codon, parentage, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we. We kind of helped put that together. We did, um, you know, letter support and, you know, kind of talk with the various people. And anyway, so we, we, we were a part of helping get those dollars approved. Um, when we look at some of these initiatives within the stakeholder group on a, on a bigger level, you know, we as a deer industry, a, you know, a farm farming and ranching industry have certain initiatives that we feel um, best represent our values and the things that are important to us. And we were a part of helping um, rank some of those ideas. So if you said, well, we should give, like if there was a couple different topics, like um, uh, genomic analysis for uh, farm-raised deer. Okay, that's one topic. Um, let's say another one was improved diagnostic testing for uh, wildlife uh, hunter harvest animals. Okay. That's another, um, early identification of, uh, disease using, um, you know, for lack of a better term, drug stiffing dogs. Right. Okay. So, you know, if we rank those, we would say, well, which one has the most impact 
on on our industry and i think most of the folks in in state and national leadership on the 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 farm side of things uh, would say that the genomic analysis for chronic wasting disease susceptibility is a great way to spend some dollars so that gets ranked up and then you know so on and so forth of course there's all these contributing entities and then usda decides how they want to divvy those dollars up through this grant stuff and then you work with your state agencies to apply. So we did that. And we have these dollars here. Um, the farmers here in Pennsylvania are able to take advantage of what that program looks like. And, you know, so far so good. Um, so like, that's a, that's a big part of what we do behind the scenes that helps as a member, you find out about these things and be able to apply for some of those dollars to help uh, subsidize testing on your farm and, and things like that. So that's one thing. Now, there are there are um, other things that go on. Of course, you have your normal like association management where you have your your meetings and the board discusses topics. And you know, there's always, um, as many know, there's always uh, fundraising initiatives, right? So we have. Um, really at this point, two, two primary ones. And then we also have our, our PAC fund, which we'll, we'll get to in a second. I'm going to write that down. So I don't forget about PAC fund because I do think political action funds are, are um, important, right? So we have a spring event, which is kind of like a, a pure fundraiser, a fun event. And then we have a, a fall sale, which is a consignment sale that we've been running. And we make a little bit of money with that. Now people are like, well, what's the money for? Well, that's to keep the uh, association lights on, so to speak. So if we need to um, uh, maintain our website, if we need to, um, you know, host some legislative events, we need to obviously pay our, our office staff. You guys want mailings, um, you know, perhaps some promotional items, lobbying efforts. Um, those are all things that cost money. And each state's a little different with how much things cost to do. Uh, so you see, you know, kind of ups and downs with spending and, and things like that uh, through, through different states, but that's kind of the, you know, the nuts and bolts of it. So uh, when we look at our main expenditures here in our state, we have our lobbying efforts and um, that helps pay for a lobbyist in, in our capital, which is Harrisburg. And that's kind of our uh, direct line into the Capitol to um, have conversation with legislatures, uh, legislators, whether that be in our House or our Senate. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to get to that a little bit more specifically. Um, and just, just so you guys are aware, I might as well tell you, um, our lobbyist has agreed to uh, come on the show. So I'm going to be interviewing her. Um, hopefully in the coming weeks, again, we are going to get into some really, really busy time um, here. I'm trying to keep up on this for you guys. But anyway, she's going to come on the show. I think that'll be really interesting. I can kind of, um, you know, work through some of the the things that we do uh, with their lobbying firm, how the kind of ins and outs of our capital works and and the importance of the the work we do. Because, you know, she if I need to get in with somebody and uh, chat about something that comes up, like, I can, I can boogie down to, 
to Harrisburg, to our capital, go talk with them, set up other meetings and just continue our, our interaction. Like, Hey, deer farmers are here. This is a, you know, a, a, a business that they know about. There's, you know, 700 of us in the state, so on and so forth. So, uh, there's that. And then, um, you know, we have our office staff, et cetera. So we have some, you know, like a lobbyist in our state's not, it's not cheap. You know, our office staff's not, um, it's not cheap. Like all that stuff adds up. So like we, we need to raise money so we can continue to at least maintain the the status quo of what we have. And, you know, it's, it's nice. Like a few years ago, we did some, um, infographics on chronic waste and disease. We rebuilt our website. Like we did those kinds of things and we try to maintain that stuff and all that stuff, uh, costs money. It also costs time for those of us that, that do those things to, to stay up on that. Um, we do as well, maintain a Facebook page and try to have relatively consistent presence, uh, over there. If you haven't checked that out, just type in Pennsylvania Deer Farmers Association, uh, into the Facebook bar and, uh, f find us and follow us over there. Cause you, again, this, this content's all relative to the various associations around the country. So back to what PDFA does and, and answering that question. Another thing that, that I talked about is um, we have, and, and we've discussed this kind of previously on the show when we, when we had um, uh, Jared Berry and, and Dan Jennings on, and we talked uh, private deer management and kind of the, the importance of, of how the quote unquote traditional or or as we've labeled ourselves, the deer farming community interacts with uh, the deer ranching side of things. Those businesses are are intertwined, and um, hunting is really the backbone of of what we do. And we've done generally speaking, we've done a poor job at explaining the relationship. And we've done a poor job at the importance of it. And so I've been trying to, uh, and hopefully you guys see this, I've been trying to discuss that more with some guests and and really kind of um, try to frame some of the conversations that we have so that, you know, you, you all can kind of reflect on those and say, that's an interesting perspective. I, I understand why that makes sense. And that might be a, a, great way for me to discuss these topics uh, with people that I interact with on a, on a daily basis. Right. Okay. So we had a, a ranch tour. Now Pennsylvania Deer Farmers Association has been, um, you know, in existence for 20 years. And like I said, I've been there for 13 of that um, and a member for more. And I don't remember ever doing a ranch tour. We've done plenty of farm tours. So I'm going to distinguish the farm and the ranch as the farm being your, again, your kind of uh, classic uh, breeder operation, various sizes, but that, that normal thing that we understand it to be. And then the ranch being, you know, a, a facility uh, that manages um, land and deer for hunting. So we had a ranch tour. And I, I had wrote up a little uh, press release and I'm just going to, I'm going to read that here because it covers some of the things we've been discussing, but also the, uh, the specifics of uh, what we did. And, and so I think it'll, I think you'll like it again, this stuff's posted over at the, uh, 
the Pennsylvania uh, Deer Farmers Association uh, Facebook page. So you can always check that out. So uh, it's just PDFA Legislative Ranch Tour. And the title is A Different Story to Tell Why Hunting Matters. So for more than 20 years, the Pennsylvania Deer Farmers Association has been an advocate for deer farming across the Commonwealth. PA has a rich history of being at the forefront of the private deer industry. However, we have neglected doing our due diligence and telling the full story of our operation and business markets. Hunting is the backbone of what our industry does. Serving hunting in North America, and specifically the white-tailed deer, are without a doubt the most coveted species for hunters to pursue. Knowing this, white-tailed deer are prized for their high-quality venison, trophy-quality antlers, and some of the greatest adventure and experience in the world. Privately managed ranches in PA provide for a safe and entertaining pursuit of white-tailed deer and have an outstanding impact on local economies, along with the ability to keep traditional family farms and land conserved for future generations. With many legislative farm tours over the year, the PDFA has sponsored a recent hunt ranch tour highlighting one of PA's premier hunting properties, Powder Ridge Outfitters. PDFA appreciates the Berry family for their continued support over the years and for allowing PDFA to be part of telling our story, as is also theirs. So 11, 11 legislators and committee personnel from the Game and Agriculture Committees in the Senate and the House uh, attended this ranch tour. This was just uh, the last week of August of this year. Uh, overall, it was a resounding success, and it showcased uh, a side of the quote-unquote deer farmers in PA that we've overlooked for some time. So we shared hunting stories. We got to see whitetail habitat. We discussed our inter- industry from a hunting heritage standpoint that we all share, and we made an impact on those who toured the nearly 1,500-acre property. I personally appreciate those in attendance, our lobbying firm, Miller Iron Goodman, with Carrie Lang, and, um, you know, their willingness to participate. So signed best regards, Josh Newton, PDFA president. So um, I think that that's another big thing that um, we did. Again, the, you know, the, the berries, they, they could have done that without us. Um, but it is, it's certainly important when you look at, um, you look at the, the association and you you have members that you know they have something that you'd like to highlight and you're able to get everybody in one place um so we had again we had a bunch of of congressmen and senators out with some um staff as well and and it was just a it was a great opportunity to you know highlight what you know quote unquote deer farmers and deer ranchers do um you know they have a Jared and family have a great piece of property over there and um i think everybody had a different like a, a, a I, I give you i'll give you an example so there was um there was someone on the tour that had come back and we were just we had they had got off the uh polaris rangers that they they gave the ranch tour on and we're kind of standing down at the at the lodge just you know chatting a little bit and uh they made a comment that went something like this and i'm paraphrasing but it's it's pretty close and it said um 
you know, thank you for, for showing us around. Uh, this was not what they said it was. And I kind of thought about that and it goes to show that the narratives that we create and the stories that we tell um, are important and that if we allow other people to do that for us, they will have a, a different idea of what it is that we do. Um, and, and so they, when they, when this person said that they said it in a manner that, uh, was very much a positive thing for what they experienced and very much a negative thing for what they had heard. And so I took, I took that, uh, in a very positive light and I suspect, and it, I'm again, I'm, I'm, I'm reading the tea leaves here. It appeared that others felt the same way. Uh, just with some of the comments they made and the general attitudes about, um, I think what, what I was observing from them. So, you know, those are, those are some of the things that like PDFA does, uh, for its members. And, and this is not, you know, when you think about that, like, it's just not for the farms in Pennsylvania, right. Or the ranches in PA it's, it's for everyone, right? Like this is, this is something that this is something that uh, has benefits to to everyone. So I wanted to I wanted to share that through our platform here um, that you and I get to talk pretty regularly on uh, because I know not everyone knows that the Pennsylvania Facebook page is there or not everyone is a a, a PDFA member, so they're not going to get our newsletter to read the the press release on that that ranch tour. And so those are the kinds of things that. Um, volunteer associations like ours do. So when we come to you and we say, will you consider donating or participating in a fundraiser? Um, you know, maybe you're like, yeah, and I, I want to renew my membership because I appreciate uh, you guys taking the time to put that uh, together, speaking on all our behalfs for what we think um, is important to tell these uh, these legislators about. So I want to, I want to shift off that, that topic and, and my, uh, semi plea to, to you all to be supportive of, of your, uh, state associations, national associations. If you, you think you're, they're doing, um, you know, a good job at, at some of these things. So I had posted up, I had posted up a poll, um, and it was basically, what's the one thing that you want from your state and national associations? And I was actually, I, I wasn't necessarily, um, shock's not a good word, but um, we'll use it for, for lack of a better term till I think of one. Um, I was kind of shocked by the, the results, right? And then when I thought about it, I was like, okay, may, maybe not. But do you know what the number one thing is that people want from their uh, state and national associations? Now, I thought it would be communication because I always hear like, I always hear things or comments from people like, Hey, what are you guys doing? I never hear from you. You never, you never tell me what's going on. I haven't heard, you know, diddly. And I, I kind of think to myself, like uh, from a, from a PDFA standpoint, uh, we have regular lines of communication. Now you may not be getting those. So that that's a problem, right? But that's separate from us communicating. So we have our newsletter, 
we have video releases, we have email, um, we do some flyers, but not a ton because it's a lot of extra cost to, to mail stuff out. So a lot of digital communication. Um, but we do do quarterly newsletters where we have, you know, four updates a year. Anyway, we have our events. We encourage you to come to those. So, uh, when I hear like, Hey, you don't communicate, like maybe, maybe just, uh, you know, try a, try a different platform. Um, and, and hopefully you'll, you'll hear what we're, what we're putting out. So, I thought it would have been communicating. Nope. You know what it was? It was lobbying efforts. So what does that tell me? It tells me that um, people believe the most important thing is going to happen, I'm assuming, in a regulatory environment. So every state structured a little different. I'll tell you how our state is and and you can again fill in the blank with your own state so in pennsylvania when you say when you say lobbying you're not talking regulatory you're talking political i suspect it's like that in other places but that is the interaction that the association has with congressmen staff senators, staff, right? And committees. That's where our lobbying gets done. When you talk about when we, when, and I, I said this, you probably heard me say it, like regulatory, regulatory environment, regulators. For us here in our state, that 100% falls within the Department of Agriculture. So that's a very different thing than the political landscape right so it's um it's it's important to i guess make that uh distinction right um when we when we look at the or when i look at that poll i i kind of think to myself okay like people are People are just fed up, right? They're just fed up with this this regulatory environment. Well, making changes to uh, regulations in state is incredibly hard. Making changes on a federal level is pretty darn hard as well. So um, everything moves slower on a on a on a governmental level. Um, it certainly moves slower from a legislation standpoint. So generally speaking, the legislature um, sets like a, a framework in place and then, you know, regulations are made, um, you know, that kind of carry the weight of law that, that regulate us. So it's, it's important to continue to try to work and develop those relationships. Um, that's, that's the hard part, right? Like that's, that's the really hard part of all this, but if if you take anything away from kind of um you know your interactions with an association uh just remember that those folks are out there and they're 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 trying to tell a story or at least i hope they are that's what that's what we've been doing and and the story um has a it's it's an educational component right like keep telling people why you're here 
what you do, why it's important. Um, and when you like, we, we we're going to continue to have these discussions here and, and really, uh, continue digging into the, you know, the, the science around chronic wasting disease, how that potentially impacts the regulatory environment, maybe some ideas, um, about what we can, what we can do with the newer technologies that are, um, tools that are available to us. And, uh, certainly, you know, how we present that information to, and I'll use the, you know, the term, the public that can be legislators that can be regulators, um, that can be, you know, the, the general public. And I think as we continue to tell that story, as long as we're telling it, that, um, we're still going to be around to, to do what we, we, we all love to do. Um, so anyway, I wanted to just get that out for all of you. Those are some, I guess, some relatively, uh, quick thoughts on, you know, some of the things we do here in Pennsylvania that, um, you know, we try to, again, try to lead the way on and they have some, some national impacts as well. So, um, we're going to wrap up. I, I, I look forward to keep talking with you, you all, if you can help me out and you can share out shows and you can subscribe or leave feedback. Um, if you want to message me directly, you can do that too. That's always, um, really, really, uh, meaningful and, and, and helpful to me, uh, keeps me motivated to, to keep doing this thing. So with that, stay tuned for another episode of North American Deer Talk. <laughs>